Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We recently did our 300th podcast, which is just kind of amazing to me. In uh, three years, we've done over 300 of these, and I looked some things up online, and I found that roughly 12% of all podcasts only do one single podcast, and then they don't do anymore. Half of all the podcasts out there haven't made it past 14 episodes. The top 100 most played shows have a median episode count of 203, and the top 1,000 most played shows have a median episode count of 191. Now, I say our podcast just had our 300 episode because you guys make it possible. Probably sounds like I'm tooting my own horn here. I don't mean to be. I am very pleased that we've been able to do 300 of these, but it's been made possible because you guys listen and watch, and many of you help support what we're doing financially, which helps us pay for the cost of all the things we have to do to get this out. So I appreciate that very much. You have all have encouraged me to do it. You listen, you watch, you recommend it to others, which I really appreciate. Some people only listen to the podcast. Others prefer to watch the YouTube video. Either way, if you haven't yet subscribed to one or both of those platforms, please do so. Then you'll get notified every Tuesday and Thursday when a new one posts. And the number of subscriptions drives the algorithm so that when people search for something like grace or unconditional love or someone like Paul Young or Brad Jerzak or whoever, then the podcast comes up quicker in the search engine. So I'd appreciate it if you do that. Liking them and commenting also helps too. So thanks. Now, I say that for a couple of reasons. One for, you know, just thanking you. And another, but I've been thinking a lot these days on a bigger question. What difference does all this make? And Jesus said to me this week when I was thinking about that, he said, well, Paul, what do you expect? What difference do you expect it to make? Well, that's a good question. What do I expect this to do? And the book that I'm just in the process of finishing, where I profile 85 of the people that have done, most of them done a couple of these 300 episodes. What difference do I hope to make by doing all this? You know, because I, I, again, I don't get paid to do this. I don't make any money off of the podcast or the YouTubes. But what difference do I expect this to make for doing it? In other words, why am I doing this when I don't have to? Well, here's why. It's summed up in a Bible verse. The Apostle Paul wrote this, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. He said, it's Christ's love that fuels my passion 
and holds me tightly because I'm convinced that he has given his life to everyone. In my personal experience of Christ's love, my awareness that he's given his life to me and to everyone else, but most people just don't know it yet, that's what fuels me in doing this. That's what my passion is. And why I do this is to help people come to realize what's already true about them. My passion is for everyone to know and experience right now in this life, today, this moment, who they are and what they have, because knowing and experiencing that has tremendously changed my life for the better. And I would like other people to have the opportunity to experience that too. Now, many of you listening and watching know what I'm talking about. A lot of what I've become aware of or awakened to has come through the people I've interviewed on these podcasts. Not just from the interview, although that's helped, but it's because I've read their books. I've listened to their message. I've followed them on social media. I've, I've read their blogs. I've gotten to know them in most every instance. I've become friends with many of them and got to hang out with them. Now, of course, what I've awakened to has been confirmed by the teacher in me, Grace, the Spirit of Christ. So one of the major things in my life right now, in addition to continuing to do podcasts and videos and growing in grace with you all, is to connect you all, connect you all with other people around the world, the very people who've made a difference in my life and who you've listened to as well, both online and through the books and the videos and blogs. That's why I'm writing this book that will come out later this spring called Grace to All, same name as the podcast, where there'll be a couple of pages about the people that I've interviewed and what they're into and how you can connect with them and how you can find their books and their blogs and their podcasts and things like that. And hopefully you can connect with them. There'll be one or more of them that you relate to, that you have an affinity to, as I've had, and it will just help you in your journey in all of this. That's how a lot of us have connected. So what I want to summarize for you today in this podcast, in hopes that it will help us and others who listen and watch, will help us come to really trust God and trust who God has made us to be, who we are, who we be. So I'm going to just dive into that today. I, I heard Paul Young say this week that people who believe in God and then have their regular life and become involved in religion, intellectual understanding, doing some rituals, doing to become, going to church for, you know, enjoying the fellowship and things like that, but still believing that God is out there somewhere, and their goal is just to learn more about God and what they can do to please God so that God will be good to them and bless them, so they'll be a good Christian or a good Muslim or whatever. That's living a life, believing you are separated from God, believing you are different from God, believing that you somehow have to do things to get God to come near to you, to hear you, to bless you, to give you favor. On the other hand, Paul Young said, and I agree with him, those who trust God actually enjoy and experience the divine Trinitarian relationship that permeates every area of their life 24-7, not just once a week or once a month or Christmas and Easter or whatever when they go to church. They trust that God is real, and they live their lives out of that trust. And as a result, 
they live and experience a notably different and better life. They experience what Jesus calls the abundant life. So what do you lose when you trust? You lose your butt. (laughs) When you trust God that what he says about you is true, you no longer go, well, yeah, but. Yeah, I know God is this, but no, you lose that but. Now, what is the difference between belief and trust? Actually, both in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, and in the New Testament, Aramaic and Greek, the word that's usually translated as belief in English, it meant trust in the days the Bible was written. And it's way different than just believing. One of the key verses to this is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This version says, trust, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on God to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. See, that's different than believing. You trust with your heart or with your spirit. You can believe things with your mind. You can have opinions on things. But trusting is a heart thing. It's a spiritual thing. And that comes from being intimate with God and learning what he's really like. Most of you know, you've heard me teach about this or other people, the word that we incorrectly translate in English as confess really means to say the same thing as, or to agree with. That's what it meant in the language it was written in in the New Testament. It means saying the same thing that God says about us, agreeing with God about who he says we are, to the extent of trusting what he says and living like it, agreeing, agreeing with what God says about sin, that he has taken it away all away, keeps no record of it, doesn't hold it against us. See, that's trusting in what God says, rather than just believing something with head knowledge. All right, we don't have to know Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. to. to, We don't have to have scripture memorized. We don't have to have a degree in theology. We don't even need to have a Bible or go to church to know what God says and to hear from God and to live like it. That's a personal interior thing from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, grace in us, teaching us directly to us. Now, I might be blowing your minds today. Actually, grace might be blowing your minds. She she seems to do that when we really listen to her. But I'm going to give you several truths that have made a difference in my life, so much so that I expect different things to happen in my life. The Apostle Paul's life arguably changed more than anybody who ever lived. And I'm thinking that's a great example for us. Paul wrote this. Now, don't listen to this intellectually. Really ask the Holy Spirit in you to explain to you, reveal to you what this means. Paul wrote this in Galatians 2.20, and it's true of you. He said, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. 
do you trust God that that's true, that your old entity died? He goes on to say, now the essence of this new life, the essence is no longer mine. For the anointed one, Christ lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Can you grasp that? That your old life is dead and gone. Christ lives in you now. And it's his life living in union with you as one. Paul goes on to say, my new life is empowered by the faith of Jesus, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Do you get what that says? Do you not just intellectually go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 whatever. No, have you experienced that? He says his old identity no longer even lives. Is that possible for us? Yes. Now, he says the old you died. Well, if you died, when did you start to live? Well, up until you realized that Christ and you are one and you started resting in him and trusting in him to live as you, you were, according to Paul, spiritually dead. You felt like you were separated from God. You felt like God is out there somewhere, and you had no comprehension of oneness. When you started to really live is when you came to the awareness and trusted that what God said is true, that yes, God lives in you and is actually one with you and living as you. Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, God's amazing grace has made me who I am. And his grace to me was not fruitless. And he said, in fact, I worked harder than all the rest of the disciples, but not in my own strength, but in God's strength, for his empowering grace is poured out in me. Yeah, it doesn't mean that when we understand that Christ is in us and living as us, that we just become a, a couch potato and sit back and wait for him to do something. No, we work and we do things, but no longer in our own strength, no longer thinking that we're figuring this out and we're all of it. No, it's we're knowing that Jesus, Papa, and Grace are one, and we are one with them. We have the same essence. Similarly, the three of them are one, but they, you know, they have the same essence, but they have different functions. And so do we. We have a different function. One of our primary functions, like Jesus, is to live and reveal Papa, Jesus, and Grace in us so that everybody we come in contact with can see what Papa, Jesus, and Grace look like, can see what it's like for Christ to live as somebody. How are people going to see what it's like for Christ to live as somebody unless they see that happen in somebody? And we are the somebodies that God has called to do that. Everybody is, just don't know it yet. See, when we don't let Christ live as us, and believe me, I don't get this 100% of the time. When I worry and think, I got to make this happen, I got to figure out how to do it, I got to take it into my own hands, I, I got to make it happen, I'm missing the mark. I'm simply falling short and missing the mark. Even when I do that, Christ submits to that like the master weaver. He works it for the good. He never forces us to do anything. See, when you force somebody to do something, that's not love. That's fear-based control. 
When you use the fear of withdrawing love and punishment to get somebody to do something, that's not love. That's evil. (laughs) All right. Back to the difference between religious intellectual knowledge about who we think God is in contrast to knowing by experience who God is. I got a question for you. Here it is. Listen carefully. What is the process by which green plants and some other organisms use sunlight to synthesize foods from carbon dioxide and water? I'll say it again. What's the process by which green plants and some other organisms use sunlight to synthesize foods from carbon dioxide and water? Well, the answer is photosynthesis. I was able to recall that in a game we played here at our house not long ago because I memorized that in 1963 when I was a sophomore in high school taking biology. However, at the time and today, I don't know what it means. I could only come up with the word because I had rotely memorized it. Now, some people actually know what the word photosynthesis means. They know what to do with it. They know how it works and all of that. Well, I've come to see that what Jesus wants for us is not to say, well, yes, yes, I know Christ is in me, but to actually know what that means and what it looks like and what to do with it. So how do we get from just words to Jesus' abundant Zoe life? We ask. We ask. We ask Christ in us, expecting to hear, trusting that you will hear, and trusting that what you hear is true. How do you know when you're hearing from Christ? How do you know what you're hearing is true, that it comes from Jesus? Well, a primary way is it will always move you deeper into perfect love, love for yourself, for God, and everyone else. It'll always move you deeper into pure light with no darkness, pure grace, total forgiveness, inclusion, and goodness for all people. On that day, hopefully today, you will hear and know that you are one. You'll never hear condemnation. You'll never hear shame. You'll never hear degradation. You'll always hear confirmation of who you are, who God has already made you to be, and it'll always move you deeper into love. Now, the best example I can personally give you on this, from my experience, is playing jazz. Now, I know that most of you probably don't play jazz. It's just the best I can do to give an example. So hang with me here. You could memorize this statement. Jazz is improvising, playing music spontaneously, without reading printed music or even having seen the printed music or memorizing something. It's interior hearing music in advance and then creating as you go, thus becoming one with the music. You could memorize that statement. And if somebody says, what is jazz? You could repeat that to them. You can even sort of know what jazz is when you hear it. You can appreciate it and like it or not. You can actually be a highly trained musician and memorize that statement and still not have a clue of how to do it or ever experienced it. 
Now, for someone who can do it, it's effortless, and it brings great joy and fulfillment, much greater than playing the written notes. I know. It's like Zoe life, abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So let me ask you, would you like to do that? Would you like to play jazz? Yes, no, maybe. That's not important. It's not an important thing in the big picture. What's really important is, do you want to live as who you really are according to God? Do you want to live the divine life that God has called you to live? Do you want to live one with Christ, with Christ living as you, having the mind of Christ, the same essence, the same power as Christ? Jesus said this in John three thirty four: the one whom God has sent to represent him, and that's us, will speak the words of God because God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. God has actually sent you to represent him. He's done it with all of us. He's poured out in you and on you the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. Did you know that? It is possible. You know, Jesus came as an example of us, not for us. Now, I want you to get this. Christ is in you. That means God is in you. That means you're one with God. You have the same essence as God. That's you. Divinity is your identity. That is objectively true. God says so. God's goal and purpose for you is that you know that internally and experientially so that you live it out. Now, I'm going to quickly run through a whole bunch of things here that God says. This is God the Father or Jesus or their representative saying this in Scripture. I want you to think about this. Do you trust that this is true for you? Because it is. Here you go. You. This is true of you. You are exactly like Jesus is. As he is, so are you. You share the same divine nature as Jesus. You don't have a different nature. You don't have a sin nature. You partake in the one divine nature. You have the same spirit of Christ in you that Jesus had on earth. You have the same father as Jesus. Jesus is your brother, the Holy Spirit of Christ, the whole Trinity. Jesus, Papa, and Grace live in you permanently. They always have and they always will. You live and move and have your very being in Christ. You are one with Jesus, Papa, and Grace. You are the image and likeness of God. You have the same DNA as God. You have the actual mind of Christ. You have everything there is for all of life, the abundant life Jesus came for you to have in any and every circumstance. Everything. You have everything to experience life as Jesus does. God is continually working all things for the good for you. God's goodness, mercy, and grace are in you and with you wherever you go. You are whole and pure and without fault and spotless and innocent and right with God forever. Papa Jesus and Grace chose you to be their best friend. You never do anything by yourself. You never go anywhere by yourself. You never feel anything by yourself. You never think anything by yourself. You never see anything by yourself. You never hear anything by yourself. You never taste anything by yourself. You never love anything by yourself. You never live anything by yourself. You never like anything by yourself. You never delight in anything by yourself. You never plan anything by yourself. You never write anything by yourself. You never teach anything by yourself. You never relate to anyone by yourself. You never have fun by yourself. You're never alone. You never experience anything by yourself. One of the guys I interviewed on the podcast says he just likes having a beer and eating popcorn and watching a movie with Jesus. And he often does. You never endure criticism or rejection or pain or hurt or embarrassment by yourself. You contain all the fullness of God. 
Jesus grew in the fullness and stature and favor of God, and so do you. You are complete. You have the very power of God in you. You have Christ's faith. You have the gift of grace. You are more than an overcomer. God judged you righteous. God made you right with himself, a perfect fit with God once for all. You are filled with unlimited, abounding, perfect agape love in all its expressions. Grace in action, producing and continually empowering you with joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, mercy, the faith of Christ, passion, compassion, everything God is, which is what you are. What religion has taught you sin is has no effect on your relationship with Jesus, Papa, and Grace. They've forgiven it, taken it away, choose not to remember it, keep no list of it, and don't hold it against you ever. Death has no power over you. That's what God says is true about you. So what do you expect to happen in your life? Christ in you, the expectation of glory. Colossians 1.27, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the glory for his people, the riches of glory. And God wants everybody to know it. And that's especially true for you. 1 John 4, 16 and 17, John says, we've come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought into its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus is now, so are you in this world. Now, Obviously, we're all at different places on our journey. Paul covered that in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, and 23. He said, everybody who was in Adam dies. Everybody who is in Christ, which is everybody, has been made alive. Each one in its proper order. Christ the firstborn, and then everyone else. Now, folks, that is true for you and me and for everyone. When my friend Gene Fritzel started telling me about Christ in me some 20, 25 years ago, I didn't get it. Well, Gene didn't shake his fist at me. He didn't get mad. He didn't say, what's wrong with you, boy? No, he was patient. He kept on loving me and giving me grace and showing me what it looks like to see Christ live in somebody. As he says, we're all right on time. We're on God's time. It wasn't my time yet. Now it is. So we don't judge anybody if they're not there yet or if we're behind somebody else or whatever. No, it's all in God's timing. If you haven't experienced that time yet, today might be your day. This might be the day that you know that you're one with Jesus, Papa, and Grace. They're in you, and they are living as you, and it's all good. Hey, I hope that's encouraging to you guys. It sure is for me. It's changed my life. Love you all. See you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.